It's Flyover Film Country. I'm Isaac Sims. We're talking about Across the Spider-Verse today. And Walter's back. So, <laughs> welcome, Walter. Hey. I was, well, I'm so back. I'm so back. So the most back. back that anyone it's has ever so been. so over. <laughs> We're so back. <laughs> he comes back stronger than a 90s trend. Yeah. Ooh. I come back like Obi-Wan as it. a force ghost. Nice. I was referencing Taylor uh, Swift, by the way. I just want everyone to know that. You did what? Wait, what about Taylor Swift? I was referencing Taylor Swift when I said he comes back stronger than a 90s twin. Trend. What song is that from? Uh, Oh, man. It's from... You know why you don't know? It's because they they all blend together. Shut up. It's because all of her songs... (laughs) Walter on here pulling up being a T-Swift hater. Uh, we don't have a ton of time today. We have like enough, but Walter's got to go to something very important. Literally, like part of his livelihood. Right after this, he's recording on a Saturday. Um, so y'all want to just jump in across the Spider Verse? Let's jump across. Should we actually the jump? Dive right let's in. Swing across. Let's let's, let's, let's swing right we're, in. This Flip. is the first time we're actually diving right yeah, in. That's what to say. Yeah, like <laughs> there's no more prelude. We're down to business. This is who we are now. Even if let's, I, even if we had nothing else going on the rest of the day, this is just how we do the podcast now. Let's thwip thwip. Yeah. <laughs> Question thwip thwip across the Spider Verse. Yes. Um, I thought we could start uh, just by doing our like doing our like categories thing that we introduced in Ladybird. Oh yeah, I need um, to look at that. <laughs> Wait. I have it open. Um, the spider, the uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse falls into the instant classic category. We're covering it when it releases in theaters. Um, ostensibly, I think it will uh, be, you know, something that we tell our kids about. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell my kids about it. I'm gonna watch all the Spider-Man movies with her. But this one is gonna be like, this is almost the best Spider-Man movie. Um, that's where I fall with Across the Spider-Verse. Um, so yeah, that's why, that's why we're covering it. This is, this is an instant classic. This is, I think this is a perfect movie. Um, so yeah, that's why we're covering it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I do think it's the perfect sequel. We didn't have, you and I didn't have a ton of time to discuss it after the movie because I had to leave pretty quickly from the theater. So yeah um that's my initial thought um it's what i thought as soon as the movie ended and it's i'm sticking to it uh, about a week later um that's what i still think about it um so you think it's like a four star a four and a half only sure and i know we're going to talk about this so i don't want to like get ahead of ourselves but only because of the ending am i knocking off half a star Mm. because Mm -hmm. it made the until you knew that it was a cliffhanger ending the pacing was really actually kind of slow when you think about it as a as a standalone movie on its own especially compared to the first one so that's my initial in a nutshell rating and explanation for the rating let's swing over to our (laughs) official licensed therapist on the podcast (laughs) hey Hey, well, as a licensed therapist, that means I I know things more now. Uh-huh. Um, Better than we do. I, you need you you know that Miles is going to need some therapy after getting betrayed by literally every spider person. Everyone. Here's the deal in the universe. <laughs> I think Miguel O'Hara should have gone to therapy first. Honestly, yeah. 
We wouldn't even be in this situation mm-hmm. otherwise. Mm-hmm. Miguel O'Hara is the biggest hater. He is a hater. <laughs> the biggest hater Spider-Man that has so far existed. Spider hater. Seriously. Um. Here's okay. So I knew that this was. I I, I didn't know this. I guess I had a feeling it was going to end on a cliffhanger because it was originally supposed to be part one, part two. Uh, yep. And so I figured it was going to end in some weird or not weird but like some cliffhanger type of ending uh because because it was similar to um avengers infinity war and endgame like it was supposed to be part one part two and then they they changed it for whatever even though it is part one part two essentially mm-hmm. yeah. um so like i get why walter used of the pacing was was off because of that or until you realize that I so I saw it a second time and I think knowing that ahead of time and going into it and knowing exactly how it's going to play out I think it makes the pacing so much better yeah when you have that already in mind but if if you've yeah. never seen it it's like what is happening like there there's not enough time left to resolve everything and then right. you're left with that hanger cliffhanger of just like no, I I need to know what's going to happen next. Someone, yeah. uh, oh, I think it was Vic. So as, later in this podcast, my friend Vic is going to come on and he's going to talk about his, we're going to talk to him about his thoughts on the movie. But I think when he saw it a second time, there was someone who was sitting next to him or near him in the theater who uh, at the end of the movie goes, son of a <laughs> And was so upset that it ended that way. <laughs> <laughs> did y'all feel that way? Did y'all see Dune in uh-huh. theaters? Mm-hmm. Um, did you feel that way when part one came up at the beginning? Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, well, and that was, I was like, I wasn't as, I wasn't as, take, I wasn't taken aback in Spider-Verse or Dune whenever that happened. Um, I'll get to my thoughts on Spider-Verse in a second, but with Dune, it was like, it took a ton of people aback, and mm-hmm. it's like, I was like, you cannot, and, and that's the thing is like the David Lynch Dune fit the entire first book into a movie and it does not work. There's there's too much context and there's too much like weird stuff that you need to explain or at least visualize. And so I just I just thought that everyone knew that it was going to be like, like a they're not doing the, the whole book and people were really mad that it was a part one. So, but Dune part one, they let you know at the beginning of the movie instead of the end of the movie. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think I I would probably feel different if yeah Olivia we do my, I plan on seeing it again um, next week with Morgan because um, she didn't had you know hasn't got a chance to see it yet and she loved the first one so we're I think we're gonna try to see it again next week and I I am sure that I'll have a different perspective on that mm-hmm. upon a second viewing but I also I haven't seen Dune I know nothing about Dune but I feel like if I had gone into that movie and seen the whole like part one at the beginning that I if they had done that for Spider Verse. I, I think I, was, I would feel differently. I'd be like, okay, at least sure. I know going into it. But also, I mean, like maybe it's my fault too because I on purpose did not watch any trailers or read anything. I, I knew on purpose nothing at all about Across the Spider-Verse going into the movie because I wanted it all to just be like a really fresh experience. So sure. maybe a lot of other people knew that it was going to be essentially a part one, but I, I, maybe not. I, I don't, don't know. Yeah, I don't think that, that a lot of people did because a lot of people I've talked to about it 
had no idea. Like I went and saw okay. it with the second time I saw it, I saw it with my friend Tyler and he did not know, know that it was going to end like that. Cause he didn't mm-hmm. know there was a part one, part two originally. Okay. I just spend entirely too much time online <laughs> on Twitter, specifically reading about movies and stuff like that. So, uh-huh. so that's why I knew that. Um, yeah. and, and my friend Vic, and my friend Noelia, we we do movie nights together, and so we talk a lot about movies, and we talk a lot about um, specifically like Marvel and that kind of thing. And so Vic and Vic is obsessed with Spider Man. Like mm-hmm. I've never met anyone who loves Spider Man more than him. And so he he and I have talked a lot about it. And so um, I don't think everyone knew that that it was supposed to be part one, part two, because um, ever most of the people I've talked to were surprised it ended in the mm-hmm. way that it did. Mm-hmm. So Okay. Well, at least I'm yeah. not the only idiot who was like, oh, oh, dude, where's the rest of the movie? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it does work against, and, and this is this is me jumping to the end of the movie immediately, but since, I mean, we're starting there because I feel like the consensus, and I'm, I'm curious to see if Vic feels the same way, mm-hmm. that um, the, the ending is like really the only point that, we bump on Mm -hmm. where it's like, "Eh, really? Did you have to kind of, because I felt like it was kind of weird because you can kind of tell like, okay, he's not in the, this is not his universe. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like you can kind of tell that immediately. And I like, I prefer if you know, you're getting a trilogy, you get something where each one stands alone on its own and you know, it's going to connect, but you don't know how you don't know where they're going. Sure. From Mm -hmm. there, from the end of that movie, leading into the second one. Mm-hmm. It's very clear that Gwen gets the... Oh, yeah. Spoilers for Across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's very clear that Gwen gets like her squad, their squad together to yeah. go find Miles. Right. They don't know what universe he's in. They're going to go find him. And it's like, okay, and then there's like a Miles that's bad. And it's kind of like, it's it's teed up a little too neatly. and that's And that's really my only like bumping point with it i like when a story as a part of a trilogy is a parentheses and everything inside the parentheses is like its own story mm-hmm. which is what is into the spider-verse was yeah which was that's really sad he's not going to get to see them again mm-hmm. but also it's a multiverse and you he's going to get to see them again but also like he's going to be brooklyn spider-man right mm-hmm. and it could have had a dark ending this one could have had a very dark ending because he got betrayed by everyone yeah and like it could have been, you know, he gets kidnapped by his uncle, and then he gets introduced, and then it's just kind of like bleak and boom, like that's it. Um, I I I would have done it a little bit differently, but also I'm I'm no genius, so yeah. I that's just me. <laughs> that's just one guy's opinion. Um, just one guy's opinion, okay? Yeah, I I think I agree, and I I just wish they had made it known that it was like a part one basically or mm. tie it up in at least some kind of better way like just the ending of the first one was just so perfect and sure. like to where it'd be like if they had never made a sequel to it i think it still would have been fine i mean like that on its own great movie mm-hmm. um, of course they set it up to where they were they did want to make another one but then yeah i agree with you isaac that like I prefer if something's gonna be a trilogy or a series, like where each one could just stand on its own. Sure, you know, yeah. like they, they are continue like each story is a continuation of the one before and a setup for the next one. But 
could still be its own story. So like I've gone, I've watched into the spider verse several times just on streaming over the past Mm -hmm. few years, just like almost like not a comfort movie, but just like, man, I just really want to watch that movie again. Right. And I'm satisfied from the beginning, middle and end. And then, but when this, um, even after the, this third one comes out, which is supposed to be next year, I think it's going to be hard for me to watch across the spider verse like like one day be like i just want to watch the second one you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. like and then and then but then and then i'll be fine i can't do that because i'll get to the end of the second one and be like mm-hmm. no i gotta like now i gotta watch the third one too so i can actually finish this story right yeah i don't know so okay Oops. you guys mentioned like kind of the beauty or when, when trilogies are done well, they stand alone or and are a continuation. What would be an example of that kind of trilogy for you guys? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I'm so sick of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Why? You haven't seen Every, it. You can't be sick of it. You haven't uh, seen no, Lord no. of the Rings. I've seen the first one. Hold on. I've seen the first one. Mm. Also, I, here's the thing. Every white guy I know acts like it is god's gift to movie to cinema and god i'm just like forbid white people <laughs> white guys white guys don't need to have an opinion on anything the masterworks that are the, the lord of the rings i'm just saying i it's just fascinating to me that every white guy i know loves the lord of the rings and acts like it's the greatest thing ever i just it's just fascinating to me you know it just it's 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 not it really ahead, is Walter. that good though that's all i was gonna say <laughs> Like it, I mean, it is here's the thing good. is like, it's kind of in a league of its own. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's on a, it's on an Island by itself. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like the gold standard of fantasy and, um, I mean like not in terms of trilogy, but like in terms of storytelling, Game of Thrones is very close, but it's not, it is not quite, there. it's not quite there. Yeah. Um, I think the other, I mean, the other ones would be like, you know, I think in the interviews, some of the directors compared across the Spider-Verse to the Empire Strikes Back. And I think that the original Star Wars trilogy is a pretty close comparison. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Olivia, you should definitely watch Lord of the Rings. I did not know you had. Honestly, here's the thing. Here's the at thing. this it's point, like, I don't want to. That's me with Game of Thrones. It, I have seen yeah. Game of Thrones and everybody, and I'm just like, you know what? I've made it to, I've made it almost 30 years without. Olivia, next time, next time we're all together, we need to, we'll watch the two towers and I promise you it will, it will at least like intrigue you. Okay. Will, you will at least be compelled even if you don't like it. Yeah. Here's the thing. I have this tendency where when People rave specific. It's it's honestly specifically why guys. When, but when people are like, "This is the greatest thing in the entire world," I just something in me is like, "I'm gonna hate this thing." I'm you know, just no, not gonna Olivia, like. That's how I, I feel about Game of Thrones. That's yeah. how I feel about Coldplay. That's how I feel about John Mayer. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna try to convince you, you to hey, like Coldplay or John like, Mayer. I don't really like John Mayer. Coldplay's like. I, Lord, Lord of the Rings is heads and tails above I'm like just, er, everything else I'm you just, just saying, mentioned. In high school, all the all all of the guys I knew were like super into Coldplay and John Mayer, and acted like both of them were like the greatest thing to happen to music. And I'm like, they're fine. Also, yeah. all of their songs sound the same too. Oh yeah, hundred so, percent. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm the same. Olivia, I 100% understand you right here. Thank I get you. it. Thank you. I, I love Lord of the Rings, but I also understand that mindset of being like, if everybody loves this thing, there's no way that everybody can love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And so I'm that way with Taylor Swift. I'm that way with Harry And I get Styles. that with Taylor Swift. Like the whole like, and I think it's when like when fandoms reach like a fever pitch and it's yes. like an idolization of whatever yes. they love and i'm like that immediately will shut me off of being like because i don't want to be associated with people right. who like as soon as the first note of a taylor swift song starts playing at like one of her concerts they just start bawling uh, yeah right. i'm like like uh, not for me so no i get it no, no, no. And, and I'm saying I get you. You are heard. You are understood. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Do you love cinema? <laughs> like, the the song by Harry Styles, <laughs> or like movies, <laughs> or like, mo- like movies, a movie. like a movie. Like a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring in these two these two jokes. Um, <laughs> you, who are you asking, and what are you asking? Isaac? I think he was asking me. Yeah. So yes. But, Yes, I do love cinema, but I also think that, and like, here's the deal. I know that I hate that we've spent this much time on Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'm just saying that. <laughs> no, I, it's been more of like the uh, your your feelings about other people's feelings about Lord of the Rings. So it's like not even, yeah. So I understand that it's like the gold standard for like fantasy and it's one it you know it's set records at the Oscars and all this stuff. But like also, as we've established, the Oscars is kind of bullcrap and i just like i just it can't it can't be that great that's how i feel about a lot of like like pulp fiction also is not as great as every white guy makes it seem did you see pulp fiction yes it's good and like i'm not like but it's not like i don't understand why every single white guy and that we went to college with had the poster in their their room like it's just not wasn't necessary right and like and like pulp fiction is not my favorite tarantino um i guess it was like a it was a shift a big shift in like in movie culture and like tone and filmmaking and all that stuff i get that i know and i'm not saying like i i just i just really think you need to finish the trilogy that's all i'm saying (laughs) that's all i'm saying the more you tell me that the less i I was literally about to say the more we try to push her the the further away she's we gotta watch on the biggest screen possible and um you you can feel you can you can feel however you want so let's just let's put a pin in that feel like i can i'm just kidding i'm kidding i know i know anyway across the spider-verse Across oh the yeah that's what's what the perfect movie about. trilogy Speaking for you olivia for me i don't know yeah. i've never thought about like what my perfect movie trilogy is until i hmm. asked you that question so i, I don't really know because i feel like gotcha. would you say like the ant-man trilogy maybe? no absolutely not i hate <laughs> the final one the wasp and quantum mania no no okay, that's trash i think i think the original star wars trilogy is because like empire strikes back is is I think oh, the yeah. best Star Wars movie, like best made. It might it's not my favorite necessarily, but I think it's probably the best one that's been made. Um yeah. so like off the top of my head, I think that one is probably the best, my favorite trilogy. Um but I, I think it's hard to do trilogies well. Mm-hmm. Because no. 
the middle one always either I, I it's connecting the two it's it's mm-hmm. connecting the bookends yeah. and yep. or or what happens is like the first two are really strong and then the third one just falls apart right like so like i think ant-man is a really good example of that of like the first two are They're great hunger games the hunger games um i think the this is I don't haven't seen the movies, but the book series Divergent, the Divergent trilogy. Or is it like books, they never finished? Yeah, they never. I don't think they finished it. Yeah, the They're first awful. two were good. The third one, trash. I was so angry when I finished that book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the Tobey Maguire Spider Man trilogy, like the the third one's not great but you know the th- the third i'm just one sick of it. i'm sick of white people telling me that toby <laughs> mcguire is the best yeah i also that's don't trilogy. think he's the best spider-man i'm kidding yeah so, let me wait quick quick poll who's, who's the best, best spider-man miles morales miles morales yeah I, here's the thing i have been real quick hold on i want to say one more thing and then we go back to spider-man <laughs> i remembered what i think is one of the best trilogy movies Okay, movie trilogies. How about that? Uh, of all time, the Dark Knight series. Ooh, okay. Ooh, That's a yep. good one. Yes. Yep. Even though Dark Knight Rises is like insane and absurd. But it's still very entertaining. It's still very good. good trilogy. But like that is like a very clear example of the middle movie not being the weakest. The Dark Knight right. is the best out of all three of those. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole problem with like movie trilogies is like Back to the Future uh, people don't view two and three the same way that they view the original. Right. It's like most of the time it's like, Hey, let's just make more money. Can you do another one? Yeah. Um, but if you have source material, it's different. So like sure. Hunger games and Lord of the Rings and, uh, divergent, those are all based on books mm-hmm. and, um, what well, anyway? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that and the, uh, parts of the Caribbean, the first three of those, if they had stopped, honestly, they that's had like, stopped that's at a trilogy, one of the best movie trilogies of all yeah. time. The, if they, if they had stopped after the third one, yep. it would have been perfect. Same with toy story. If they'd stopped after the third toy, yes. toy story, beautiful. <laughs> Okay. I love in Toy Story 4, Tim Allen is like so old and he's like, Woody, we need to like his voice sounds so gnarly. <laughs> it's pretty rough. The fourth one was not good. Yeah. I Man. remember do y'all remember seeing did y'all see Pirates of the Caribbean 2 in uh theaters? Probably. I mean it's been yeah, a long I think time. So. But yeah. Do y'all remember how shocked you were? Because we were pretty young when that movie came out. I was like, I think we were maybe like twelve. Um, yeah. Olivia's looking it up. I remember being like, holy crap. Is that Dead Man's Chest? That Kraken's going to eat Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Yeah, we and then 12. like, that's how the movie ends. Yeah. 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 But like they, it was, but then same with uh, the Spider-Verse uh, trilogy here. Parts of the Caribbean came out, uh, two came out in 2006. And then the third so we one at, at World's End came out the very next year in 2007. So they didn't leave you hanging for too long. Mm-hmm. Just like so good. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um here so before i want to answer your question first isaac the best spider-man is of course miles morales and i want to say not to sound too hipster here but i have been a miles morales stan since before (laughs) he was in like like movies and tv shows and video Mm -hmm. games so yeah um, i would have voted for obama third term if i could (laughs) oh my god get out literally get out literally get out <laughs> um, literally get out so miles morales was he's actually he's 
relatively new in sure. Marvel Comics. He came out yeah. in 2011. Um, like, that was his first one. Um, of course, because he's not white, it was very controversial uh, when he was introduced. Um, and then over the years, as his stories got more, because he's had a few different runs uh, in the comics, as his stories got more mature and kind of you saw the growth of Miles as like, they're not trying to replace Peter Parker. He's just like, mm-hmm. it's just something that's like Ben Riley as a Scarlet Spider or right. uh, Miguel O'Hara as Spider-Man 2099. They're just different Spider-Men and different stories. And so mm-hmm. once people understood that like, hey, they're not trying to be quote unquote PC and like bow to the, this is before like <laughs> the term woke was a thing back in 2011. But like they're basically being accused of that, like that they were trying to appease the, the non-white people by giving them their own Spider-Man. But um, giving him such a unique story with an African-American father and a Puerto Rican mother and have him just have like a very different story than Peter Parker, but still be his own type of Spider-Man that has a lot of parallels with Peter, but also has his own like special powers, like the electric kind of stuff that he can do, his mm-hmm. like cloaking that he can do. Uh, I, I think I ran across his like Miles Morales in the comics and maybe like 2013 or so um and i like fell in love because i thought he was just so cool like i thought he was more compelling than peter parker and maybe that's just because Mm -hmm. like we the only spider-man that i knew of before then was peter parker and i I was just bored of him i don't know um so miles morales was my favorite spider-man before um into the spider-verse before the uh, insomniac ps4 game um and i'm just very 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 glad that he is now getting like all the attention that Mm-hmm. The, the character's getting the attention that he deserves. So, yeah, that's my answer well, I mean, to that question. We've seen three different iterations of Peter Parker right. and different trilogies. White, white Peter Parker's, yeah. yeah. And, or white Spider-Man. Right, right. Yeah. And so, it's, I mean, it's it's the same thing with, like, Batman, right? Like, there are other Batmans besides Bruce Wayne. And I realize, yeah. like, we people love Bruce Wayne and that story and that like, that's fine and well, but like there are other, other people who take on that mantle that it would be Mm -hmm. interesting to hear their story and like see that get a little more attention. Right. And that's how I feel about like a lot of these, you know, comic book characters we've seen over and over again. Right. Like there are other versions of the flash besides Barry Allen. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. So seeing more about miles Morales and then like, yeah, the, the PS4 game, is incredible it's it's so much fun it's so good and it's just a great um, spider-man story yeah like like the ps4 game that was spider-man with focusing on peter parker was a great story and then the one that was miles morales like that was also a great story and mm-hmm. um did you play that one olivia yes i played both of them oh cool and they're nice. and, but you never did walter right i haven't played the miles morales one yet um yep just because i haven't I haven't had a PlayStation in a while, <laughs> but, um, no. yeah, yeah. Continue Olivia. Um, I was going to say like they, I love that they bring those characters together in that, you know, the, the PS4 games and are going to continue that with the PS5 game that's coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and giving us these two characters who are different, but have some similarities. And, and like, that's kind of the point of this, not the point, but like something that they hit on in this, movie is like the canon events that all the spider Mm -hmm. people go through and on the second second time through i picked up on that earlier because you see gwen stacy get the the call from the assistant from 
Lila or whatever her name Mm -hmm. is, Mm -hmm. saying this is a canon event when they're in um, Pov's universe. And Moombaton, I think, was the name of the fictional city. Yeah. And you don't realize like what that means at the time because they hadn't talked about the canon events and so on the second time through i was like oh yeah so that's that's what they were saying like i didn't even catch that's what they were saying at first Mm -hmm. um so anyway yes i think miles morales is my favorite spider-man although i want to go i was gonna say gwen stacy is really cool too yes version of gwen stacy yeah i love that so, and I kind of wanted to give like a quick overview of the movie itself, because I'm, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen Across the Spider-Verse, if not run, don't walk <laughs> to go see it. Um, this movie is is about Miles, but like it's very much Gwen's story yeah, too. And I kind of like, it starts, this guy's, I got chills. I had chills probably like the first like 15 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. when we're in Gwen's universe simply because of the animation style. And then also the way they kind of guys, this, this is like the, the best looking animated movie. Just like, this is a work of art. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's why like I forgive all of the stuff with the ending and all that. Like this, that's why I think it's a, it's perfect because this is going, I mean, like, uh, Into the Spider-Verse changed animation, won the Oscar, like, was appropriately recognized for the achievements it made, and then this just built on it and it exploded at times 10, and so I, it's just, like, it's unbelievable how amazing this movie looks. Mm-hmm. Like, we're in Gwen's universe, and it is like watching someone paint the story in front of you. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, it so, looks like, it's so incredible. It looks like watercolor paint. Yep. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Which is apparently how her her uh, Spider Gwen uh, comics look. Oh, okay, or like cool. that. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, I remember. So Isaac, you and I saw it with our friend Will, and we were like, I guess it was like the first fifteen. Shout out Will. Yeah, shout, shout out, out Will. Will. <laughs> shout out the Will. First, Will Roy. The first fifteen minutes was Gwen's. Like that was like all of all her right. That, and then it, the beautiful scene of her and her dad with the the color and the light changing with each like. Like mm-hmm. every time the camera changes, like there there's different colors going on. This mm-hmm. super, very serious, just like very tense scene as she reveals her identity to him, and then he still tries to arrest her, and then she ends up getting out and going yep. into the multiverse, and then it cuts to black, and then it's like, oh, all of that was just the prologue. And yeah. I, and I, I was like, I turned to you, and I said. And I said that could have been a short film completely on its own. Like they could oh, have yeah. put that out yep. like as its own thing. Um, and then it just kept going. And I do agree with you, Isaac, that the as as groundbreaking as the animation was in the first one, they took everything about that in the first one and just ramped it up in this mm-hmm. one. Yep. Making mm-hmm. it even better. So yes, visually, this is the best like <laughs> Spider-Man movie. But I, I can't I'm not gonna give it as much grace as you are on the ending. So mm-hmm. yeah. That's fine. Um, that's totally understandable. Um, but yeah, this this movie looks amazing. Um, what? So so I mean, like I don't I don't want to like go through the whole story, but like the premise of the movie is that uh, the reactor explosion. This and, and I don't remember exactly because every there's so many things that happen in this movie. The premise of the movie is that. So the spot 
is the main quote unquote villain, even though he disappears for like half the movie. Mm-hmm. He's J- uh, voiced by Jason Schwartzman. It's so, so funny. Good. I was Perfect. dying laughing. Yeah. Uh, our guy, Jason Schwartzman. Um, love it when he shows up. I didn't know that he was going to be the spot. Um, super funny. He's the guy in the first movie when um, Miles and Peter Parker are leaving with the computer and Miles throws a bagel and hits him in the head. <laughs> such a and such a good villain origin. It's a great callback. It's such a great callback because it's like it's like a small little detail in the first one mm-hmm. that is so funny and really like all the games are, or all the movies both movies are made up of tiny little moments. Yes. One of my favorite tiny little moments is when <laughs> Spider-Man India uh he's like saved his Mary Jane equivalent and and then saved all those people on the bridge in Mumbata and her dad's like or she goes I've never seen him so emotional and he's like thank you very much and he's just like shaking <laughs> Spider-Man India's hand so funny so talk funny. about little so little kind of almost throwaway moments like that I think my the one that got the biggest reaction out of me was during the big chase scene with all the spider people and there's like a quiet moment in a therapist office as like mm-hmm. and then and then he goes let me guess he died and then and like just everybody your busts through your uncle died yeah and then my <laughs> uncle Ben so that just yeah stuff like that all, no best visual gag though was Peter Park's car Oh, I yeah. thought that oh one was gosh. really good. So that one funny. was really good. So I love how creative they got with making up new spider people and spider mm-hmm. things. Like for, I don't know. There was one I saw one that was like, you would not have seen it because it was so fast. There was so much going on during that chase scene. But like I, I looked at like missed Easter eggs or whatever. And one of them was like, at some point in the big chase, there is one of those like melted <laughs> Spider Man popsicles from the ice cream trucks. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like one of the, it's like, that's a spider person. Which so is in good. the first one, too. Like, they, they talk oh, about really? it. Well, they talk about it. Um, yeah, but it's like sentient in this one. Like, the, yeah, sp- the spider yeah. popsicle is a spider person. Right. Yeah. When when Peter Parker from Miles' universe is talking about, like, his experience as Peter Parker, or as Spider-Man or whatever, mm-hmm. it, he says something about a popsicle and it uh-huh. shows, <clears throat> excuse me, it shows Mm-hmm, that popsicle mm-hmm. it's like a so melted another, another good draw. callback yeah yeah, yeah. so um, that was great can we talk about the cast for just a second absolutely yeah. yes okay so returning of course Shamit Moore's Miles Morales Heidi Steinfeld's Gwen Stacy perfect casting mm-hmm. um, they very 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 good um, also probably the more perfect casting very happy to see Jake Johnson back as a version of Peter Parker who in my opinion might be the best Peter I think so. I was going <laughs> to say that. I Honestly, yeah. I mean, I love this version of Peter Parker. I love mm-hmm. Jake Johnson as this version of Peter Parker. Yep. It's essentially it's essentially his character from New Girl. It's Nick I, uh, if Nick absolutely. was Peter Parker. And absolutely. it's perfect. It's so good. Um, and then uh, I had forgotten that there was, I, I guess it was a post-credit scene from the previous movie, mm-hmm. but we did see Miguel O'Hara as, O'Hara as Spider-Man 2099 kind of um, at the end of that. Mm-hmm. they use it as a gag for like the pointing spider-man meme yes um but i didn't know that that was that was still oscar isaac uh playing mm-hmm. him in the first mm-hmm. one um and of course we all knew that he was going to be prominent in this one as well so he was fantastic um and then we talked about jason Schwartzman as Schwartzman as the spot 
Issa Rae is Jessica Drew. Um, we've been seeing her. I, I, I haven't been been paying too much attention to her since she's got into acting, but um, I saw her first in uh, what was the um, BJ Nova movie that we did, Vengeance, that oh, yeah. we, we covered Vengeance, last yeah. year. She was really good in that. Like she's really good in this one as well. Um, big one for me, Daniel Kaluuya as mm. Spider Punk. Do you know that they they that it took two years to animate him? I saw. That. I believe it. Yeah. Well, yeah. S- well, so yeah. So with animating Spider Punk, like, um, most characters, I think, move on like what they called fours, which is four frames per second, and his body moved on. What? Sorry, is six technically sixteen frames a second? Okay. Yes. Sorry, keep going. No, you're good. His was like <laughs> delayed, and then his even more. His yeah. Ve- yeah, he was delayed even more. His vest was delayed more. Um, was it was the same speed, but it was like off. So yes. it it looked off with him. Yes. And then his guitar was even uh, like a smaller, like it was a slower speed too. Uh-huh. It was like less frames per second. And it was like pieced together. It looked like, like magazine, right? Like yeah. things like taped together. It was so cool. Um, yeah. Also something I didn't know. So in the, I knew that most of the first movie, at least miles himself in the first movie was, uh, in 16 frames. So most movies are 24 frames a second. That's the standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's animated in 16. I didn't know that throughout the movie, um, he was getting more frames a second. So by the end of the movie, he miles is moving at 24 frames a second, mm-hmm. showing his like maturity into like mm-hmm. growing into the role of Spider-Man and being like smoother with things. I thought was really cool. Didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. Um, yep. So yeah, they did yep. so many cool moments like that where they're breaking the technical rules of animation and filmmaking, but in a way that like absolutely adds to the characters and like their stories. So good. Um, yeah, Spider-Punk was awesome. Just Hobie Brown as a character. So Super cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. And like It's so funny how like someone pointed out on I don't know if y'all listen to the Ringerverse uh podcast, but one of the guys on there pointed out that like why do they got to pit like Miles and Hobie against each other? The only two black Spider-Man, <laughs> like they got to like get along and I was like they didn't really like clash. He's just, it's just funny because he's like are you are you into him like because i kind of i thought you and me kind of had something going on like (laughs) it's just kind of like unspoken and there's so much funny crazy stuff going on so yeah well and then you see but he is he is pretty cool super cool it's like i feel kind of you think they are at odds at first he's like the it's the quintessential like the guy she tells you not to worry about sort of (laughs) spider-man yeah um they, they were like at odds at first especially by the end like like spider punk was kind of like helping miles get away from miguel o'hara like he liked the idea of miles breaking canon events on purpose to own his own story mm-hmm. and such so you know i so they I, I think i can't wait to see what they do with them their like friendship in the next movie if they do um thought they're really good one more uh casting decision i wanted to talk about i didn't know this was him until afterward but andy samberg has been mm-hmm. riley scarlet spider also perfect <laughs> it, it I'm in seems the alley. like i'm looking around something doesn't look right <laughs> this wall over here looks normal no 
song. It's so good. Have you guys so heard funny. Andy Samberg do his Nick Cage impression? Because that's what yes. it sounds yes. like he was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Everybody just calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Jess loves that sketch so much. We like great. quote it to each other it's, all the time. It's really good. Um, yeah, I thought he was great. Speaking of Nick Cage, was a little disappointed Striking the to hearts see- of women, both old and <laughs> middle-aged alike. <laughs> so good. So I good. was disappointed that we didn't get our our old crew from the first movie too much in this one. Mm-hmm. Of course, we had Gwen, of course, was in there, but um, Nick Cage as um, Spider-Man Noir, John Mulaney as uh, Peter Porker. We had a little bit of Penny. Um, right. But- not really any but of course i think as like kind of one of those final scenes we saw in this one was them all gearing up to go get miles i'm Mm -hmm. sure we'll get a lot more of them in the next one but right yeah yeah Yeah. one of my favorite things about nick cage is like he just he wants to play a superhero so badly so he'll jump at any opportunity to so i know that we're gonna definitely get nick cage in the next one yeah my favorite uh like casting decision was Shay Wiggum as Captain Stacy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really good. Um yeah. Shay Wiggum is one of my all time favorite actors. Um he's been in a uh I don't know how many I know he was in Take Shelter. Um he's just he's just one of the all time greats. He's been on Perry, Perry Mason. Mm-hmm. Um he's so good. He's one of my favorites. Um also the way they animated Captain Stacy looks so much like uh, Paul Newman. Oh it's crazy gosh, yes. when you put oh, yeah. them put them next yes. to each other. I was like, they had to have just been like, just make him look like Paul Newman. Yeah. yeah. When I saw his name pop up at the end, like as the credits were rolling, I thought he was playing um, the web slinger, the cowboy one, but that yeah. was Taron Killam, who yes. was also on Saturday Night oh, Live. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And so, because in my mind, Shea Wiggum plays all in like westerns a lot. Or like Western esque type of shows and movies, and so that's what mm-hmm. I thought. But then I realized he, I saw that he was George Stacy. But yeah, that yeah the the when they're in Gwen Stacy's world, it's just really great. Like the symbolism of like her uh, like the colors reflecting her emotion mm-hmm. is Amazing. just. Man. Beautifully done. And it's never still. Like the colors are always so like kind of moving a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And almost like it's not finished yet. Yeah. And yeah. so which I think probably is also symbolic of like her story's not finished either. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she is gonna have like I mean, and she she di- is going to have to grow and like continue to mature, right? Because mm-hmm. she's also only like 15 or 16 right um so um real quick who is your favorite like oh the the big uh set action scene with all of them chasing miles Mm -hmm. through the uh spider society um to apparently that was the first thing they storyboarded and they were working on it all the way up until Mm -hmm. the editing process Mm -hmm. like it literally took four years to animate and i think i believe they said about a thousand people worked on the animation yeah. like the ongoing at, animation. Yeah, at least so i mean i that makes sense to me but that yeah. scene where you get to they're all chasing miles is just so it's it's like it's like a guggenheim you know what mm-hmm. i mean um but yeah who's the best supporting not quite so like i mean spider-man india is kind of a main character or supporting character mm-hmm. but who's like the best like gag or cameo spider-man oh spider-man specifically uh, I really liked... I or liked, spider person. Spider well, person, I was going to yeah. bring up 
Donald Glover showing up. Yeah, I was about to bring him up as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. But let's hold on. Let's put a pin in it because I do want to answer Isaac's question. Yes. But Olivia, you go first. Who was your favorite? I think my favorite, man, I don't know. I loved that they showed uh, the insomniac Peter Parker. Yeah, also voiced by the, Yuri Lowenthal. Right. Yeah. Which was cool. Yeah. Um, Metro Boomin, who's a producer who produced the soundtrack for this movie, he shows up as a spider like, as a Spider Man who's like, "There's nowhere else to run," and then he jumps out the window and he goes, "My bad, yeah. everyone. I guess there was somewhere to run." Um, that was really cool. I like that because I mean, he's not actually a Spider Man, but like that's cool that he got his own Spider Man. So mm-hmm. I think those are mine. Yep. Yeah. Spider Cat for me. Spider Cat was good. I was say Sp- Spider Cat was a good one. I think mine has to be Ben Riley. Just like, just mm-hmm. is almost kind so of a throwaway funny. gag. Like he's not really that important of a spider person in this one. But and the I'm way just it, having deep thoughts right now. <laughs> Andy Samberg played him was just so good. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, before we talk about Don, Donald Glover, that is, I think that has even more implications than just this movie. Uh, yes. Like, I do want to talk about that. But can we? appreciate how anybody who's ever had a hand in casting for a spider-man movie or anything if they're ever if jk if if j jonah jameson has to be in it they're like well we have to get jk simmons right yeah (laughs) like he's the only one who ever plays him yeah for a good reason it's because he is j jonah jameson almost like almost like robert downey jr like nobody else could play like tony stark except robert downey jr um so yeah, I love that. Like I think in yeah, I think we might have seen multiple universes in this one where it's still JK Simmons. Yes, yeah. As J. Jonah Jameson. The, the Lego up, version. Yes. Uh-huh. And then we're also the Lego version. Up? I think he's in Gwen Stacy's version. Yeah. He's in at the end when he's in Universe or World or Earth 42, whatever it's called, uh Earth 42. He's in that version too, because it shows the news in the background yep. uh-huh. on the TV. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, New York City has a mandated curfew or whatever mm-hmm, and like that's mm-hmm. him talking yep so yep. so very cool okay donald glover donald glover was a crazy moment when he shows up in live action not animated right as the prowler not just right. aaron davis but as the villain the prowler um which is something that was very very lightly set up in spider-man homecoming several mm-hmm. years ago now uh when uh a young peter parker is trying to do the intimidation tactic and he there's like that arms deal that happens and one of them is donald glover as aaron davis right who is just kind of a low-level criminal and mentions that like he wants the neighborhood to be safe because he has a, a nephew that lives around here which is right. very obviously miles morales miles which is confirmation morales. that miles morales does exist in the mcu we just haven't met him yet um and then i think this was like him showing up in this was a big push like yep like it's happening like this is hap- gonna sure yeah soon in the mcu and it kind of um, helps the mcu out because then they don't have to like set up some big like yeah. here's this storyline of how he becomes yeah. the prowler it's like he's the prowler and because like who knows how much time we're gonna have or how much time in the timeline mm-hmm. happens between um no way home and whatever the next spider-man 4 right and so now we don't have to like set that up it can be yep he exists and now we can introduce miles Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
It would be it would be pretty cool. I have no idea what they're actually. I wouldn't be surprised if they got him to be the villain of the live action. It was announced a couple days ago, or maybe a week ago or so, that Miles Morales is going to make his live action debut. I believe in the f- next Tom Holland Spider Man movie. Yeah, that sounds about so right. So I think what their plan may be to do like a a buddy Spider Man movie, which sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'd be cool. But. But did you did you see that Donald Glover is working on a Spider-Man project where he plays a villain called the Hypno Hustler? No, but I love <laughs> no, that. I love everything about okay, that. Okay, okay. This is this is insane. Bill Mantlo, the guy who wrote and created Rocket Raccoon, um, created this character of the Hypno Hustler. His real name is Antoine Del Son, Antoine Del Soin, or whatever. Uh, the leader of a band called the Mercy Killers. He, he uses hypnosis technology in their instruments to rob the audience so it's just like and this guy's outfit is hilarious because he wears a mask he's all white and got like white gloves and he has a pink guitar and so it's like great like if he wants to do that he should they announced that in december and i really hope that it's still gonna go through because i would love to see him like play the prowler and then just do like weird wacky other spider-man characters hypno hustler yeah it's it, it it was introduced in the in the comics in 1978 so it's been around for a while um it says and then Mm -hmm. the wikipedia i don't know how official this is because it's wikipedia but it says a feature film centered around the character is in development as part as a part of sony's spider-man universe donald glover is cast in the lead role so yeah pretty cool (laughs) um but how did y'all feel about the incorporation of so the the first like non I mean still animated but you see the Lego universe, mm-hmm. um, but you're like okay that was like I was like oh that's cool that's fun, and then you see live action people on screen mm-hmm. with the animated. How did you feel about that? Because I knew that that would be a little bit controversial. What do you what do you what are you asking about specifically? Because they're they're not animated. You see Andrew Garfield. You see Tobey Maguire. Oh yeah, that made, I was. In those good, portals, good you see Donald service. Glover. Yeah, it excited me. Thought it was cool. I mean, I I like that they are not relegating this Spider Verse to just animation. Uh, like they're making it, like they're connecting it to all the other, you know, big screen Spider Man things that we've seen. So, I, I think it's cool. Do Do you feel like it's controversial? I bumped on it a little bit. Okay, mm. but but it it is like people people have expressed like that they didn't like it. I think those people are nerds. <laughs> Isaac, what you you bumped on it a little bit. What do you mean by that? Just I just thought I mean like they're not animated. So like the Lego the Lego universe was animated and it's just it was just kind of it was kind of weird at first, but other than that, like I didn't have a huge problem with it and that you know, like Walter said it's like they're connecting to those live action movies and I think that's I think that's good. So, yeah. Yeah. And and it's it, I, Ultimately, I was just it's curious if y'all service. were like, oh, I thought it was weird at all or not, because I know that other people have. I think if the, so. if there's a time to do weird stuff, it's in these movies. Yeah, I yeah, mean, sure. I I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit as a kid a lot, so I'm That's like, true. it doesn't it didn't phase me to see the mixing of like mediums, so to speak. If you grew um, up watching Space Jam, this is fine. Yeah, Space Jam's another mm-hmm. example of that. So, um, yep. So. It didn't. It didn't take me out of it or anything. I wasn't. I was like, oh, this is cool that they're like talking about those things mm-hmm. too. Um, which, cause like 
Miguel O'Hara references Tom Holland. They, he references No Way Home because he's like, don't even get me started on Doctor Strange and that little nerd or dork right. or whatever he says. Yeah. Um, and so clearly they all like exist. So yeah. so yeah. I think it would be weird yep. as if like in the next live action Spider-Man something animated shows up. Sure. That yeah. might be weird. That I would, would be, I would weird, be I less think. excited about that because it's just not the, the right medium for it, I don't think. That's another thing I wanted to talk to you guys about because I, and Walter I said this to you when we were mm-hmm. leaving the movie. If you can have Spider-Man movies like this, and I understand like people will Tom Holland is great. Um he's a really great Peter Parker and Spider-Man. But the heights that we've reached with across the Spider-Verse is almost like I feel like it'll almost kind of everything else Spider-Man related will pale in, in comparison. Yeah. And I did feel that I mean like I guess when Spider-Verse came out, that was prior to um no way no home, way home. Mm-hmm. so we got a little bit of like a oh that's so cool we get to see the three historic like live action spider-man spider-man on screen together but across the spider-verse is kind of like a new um it's like a new precedent set so i was curious what you guys thought about like do you have a preference now do you want to do you have a preference now for like more of the animated universe that they're going to continue to make in this style or do you have about it like an equal enthusiasm for like the live action stuff that they're going to do Walter you want to go first or you want me to go do you have an answer yeah I do yeah go for it go for it <laughs> so here's the thing I always think I've always thought that like if we're going to do superhero stuff animation is the way to go mm-hmm. I think it's a better mm-hmm. medium I but I'm partial to animation in general anyway. I like animation. I think it's cool. It's really interesting to me. I know that part of that is because I like to draw and I like to paint. And so, like, I know part of that is, like, this wannabe artist in me is just drawn to it. Um, that being drawn. said... You're drawn to drawn, it. Drawn. Nice. Drawn yep. to it. See what I, <laughs> I... That was that was for sure purposeful. That was pretty cool. Thank you. Um, And, like... There's only so much you can do, and, and CGI is animation. Like anyone who's like, "Well, this is live action." Well, yes, but it's also heavily animated because that's not a real monster. It's um, a boxing glove at the end of a stick that they put on. They they put in the scene yeah. so the actor had something to act off of, yeah. which is what they did in Spider Man or not Spider Man, Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows. Well, that and also the in the third, I think Prisoner of Azkaban when he was like petting the hippogriff. Yeah, it was like if you seen the behind the scenes of that, it's only a beak on a yes. stick, and he has yeah. to like rub his hand next to yeah. the beak. Yeah, yeah. Um, or whenever in in Avengers: uh, Age of Ultron, they have James Spader there, but they have a like tennis ball on a stick like attached to his back so that Mm -hmm. the act, the other actors are like, that's where you're supposed to like look up to. And they, they had to reshoot so many times because they kept looking at James Spader. So it's all animated. 
but I think that you can. Yeah. There's more freedom when it's fully animated. Oh yeah, and um, and you can do all the the weird zany stuff mm-hmm. without worrying about like is this going to end up hurting someone? Like is mm-hmm. is a stunt person or the actor going to get injured in this scene because yeah. it's kind of dangerous? And so you don't have to worry about that with an animated film. Like I think mm-hmm. like the Justice League animated series when we were kids was great um batman beyond the original batman animated series like all of these things are in the comic book fandom are hailed as like these great story stories because they're told in such a way that they can be told because of the animation yeah. allows them to tell them that way. So so I yeah. am always partial to animation when it comes to stuff like this because there's so much more freedom to do things that you can't mm-hmm. do realistically with a live action without it looking super yeah. cheesy. You know, because like if yeah. they had done like Ant-Man and the Wasp and Quantumania, right? Like that, that could have been done really well in an animated film as opposed to a live action because the CGI looks so bad in it. <laughs> yep. Part yeah. of that is Marvel is a tyrant when it comes to like the way that they go about CGI and their timelines and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a different, different topic, but I, I think it would have been a better, you know, animated feature as opposed to a live action feature with a bunch of CGI. Yeah. This, that, yeah, that was really well said, Olivia. Do you guys, have you guys watched What If? Olivia, I think you, you know, I watched a couple and then. Oh, yeah. I did, I did, I don't care for that animation style. Right. Um, I don't either. Do you feel the same way? I don't. I'm trying to remember I if I'm remembering correctly. I don't love the animation style of What If yeah. on Marvel, like, or on uh, Disney Plus. I can appreciate it and appreciate, like, what they sure. did with it, but, like, I don't love that animation style. And, like truthfully in all honesty i wasn't like sure how i was going to feel about the animation style for into the spider-verse when the first one came out um but like after actually watching i was like this is a like this is amazing like truly like awe-inspiring animation Mm -hmm. um so i do think like the animation style is really important as well yeah Yeah. which is walter did you see what if uh, and I saw like one episode of it and I, the, the, I, I agree that like I respect the animation style for what it is, but like it was enough for me to turn it off. I was like, I, I, just can't, I, I can't get yeah. past the way it looks, <laughs> yep. um, which is like my answer to your question, Isaac, like about live action versus animated Spider-Man specifically is. I, I think I agree mostly with you, Olivia, that. There's just there's so many things you can do. Okay, like in the prologue scene with with Gwen fighting the old timey vulture, and like yeah. his oh his animation yeah. style was like this. It looks like old um, Leonardo da Vinci uh, like blueprints, right? Yeah, I, I might have mm-hmm. gotten that wrong, but I think pretty sure that's what it was modeled after. And yes, um, you can't do that with Tom Holland. You know, no. like you can't do that Never in live know. action. Um, and it's not you could but it would be very off-put. It wouldn't be like the charming, like, wow, that's so creative. It would be like, oh, they're really shoehorning this crap in here, aren't they? Like, it's just like the our, our mindsets going into watching an animated thing versus a live-action thing is just very different. 
Mm-hmm. Like you kind yeah. of when you're watching something animated like this, you're expecting it to be over the top and like like very highly stylized because that's mm-hmm. what makes it better. But when you have you can have a very highly stylized thing in live action, but like it has to be very perfect. It has to be done very well for it mm-hmm. to work. Well, and yeah, and even like you know, it's so difficult to do something like. Um, you know, when I think of something highly stylized, it's always really expensive, but you can't, it's, and it's, and it's really difficult Mm -hmm. to film. And the thing that comes to mind is like, what if we had someone like a visionary person come on to do a Spider-Man that like had an action sentiment, like Mad Max Fury Road. Sure. Where it's like, Hey, we, we, we bought like four blocks (laughs) of a city and we're going to blow we're it like all blowing up. up. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that, that's, that's yeah. kind of going to be, that, that's, but again, that's like one area where you can kind of further this genre. And, you know, when you think about, um, X-Men and, uh, like the first X-Men and the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, those are, they're, they're sci-fi and action and the, but the reason that they succeeded when they did because people like wouldn't want to do comic book movies because they thought they weren't mainstream and they became mainstream because they said, well, let's make it like a genre movie. Let's make it like um, like a straight up action movie, like with X-Men, they grounded it and they gave them black suits. Mm-hmm. And then with Spider-Man, it's like this is the coming of age story. And like it's about this. And so it, it, it'll just be cool to see what happens. And even like. There are a bajillion animation styles, mm-hmm. you know, like we yeah, saw right. the, uh, the TMNT uh, trailer before our uh-huh. movie. And I want to go see that because that animation style, it, like it's reminiscent of Across the Spider-Verse in this Spider-Man story. But it also looks like its own thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just want to see, I would go see other types of animated movies like Spider-Man. I just am really tired of Pixar kind of doing the same thing over and over yeah. in in terms of like their all their in-house stuff to me looks very similar sure. to this point yeah so yeah and i think you you definitely saw like in across the spider-verse itself there were dozens of different art styles all coming we've, we've talked about a lot yeah, of them already exactly. so like right. exactly. it's almost like a showcase yeah it's like a showcase of hey look at all these things you can do with animation mm-hmm. like and they could have put, picked any one of those art styles and had it throughout the whole movie and it still would have been fantastic but like they chose to show like all the different ways that this can be approached and it's all like compelling it's all beautiful and it just depends on the kind of story you want to tell and what you want it to look like and yeah. there's just there's just so much you can do with it that I am like I was going to talk I was going to mention the TMNT trailer because we did see that uh, trailer before uh, this movie came on the theater. Um, yes, yeah, very reminiscent of Into the Spider Verse, but it's it still has its own flavor, its own style with it. And I'm hoping that other studios and directors and filmmakers see that and are like, okay, we see that people like this and want more of it because I would love to see more stuff like this, um, stuff that's like old IPs like Spider Man and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but also like make up some new stuff that mm-hmm. is animated. You know, um, yep. make like a gritty uh, like drama. There's no action in it but it's animated, you know, like, sure. like think it like, again, think about the scene with Gwen and her dad at the beginning of the movie. There's no action in that scene, 
but it was so compelling and a lot mm-hmm. of it was due to the animation and so i i i am hoping that we just get more of that because it is just very cool to watch there's just so much style you can put in those that you can't put in in live action but that's so true at the same time to finish my answer to the question about live action versus animated spider-man specifically if spider-man is a cake and across the spider-verse is like the best red velvet cake i've ever had in my entire life but then live action spider-man is is like a a really good custom-made chocolate cake maybe it's not as good as the red velvet cake that i just had but brother it's still cake (laughs) and i'm gonna eat it (laughs) so i i just love spider-man i'll consume anything spider-man so i'm still i'd still be excited for the live action ones but it is gonna be they're gonna have to like really kind of push the envelope for live action um real real question i want olivia to answer first is spider-man the greatest superhero answer carefully i don't know i mean i okay here's the thing i didn't love spot i did not love toby Maguire spider-man like i didn't love those movies i like them more as an adult than i did as a kid um but again it was the same thing of like everyone loves spider-man and i'm just like "Ah, it's fine Mm -hmm. but i think i have like the older I've gotten, the more appreciation I have for Spider-Man. And honestly, I think it's because of these movies, like the Spider-Verse movies that have really allowed me to love and appreciate Spider-Man mm-hmm. in a way that I, I didn't as a kid. I have a hard time picking a favorite or best anything. So so being asked that question of like the greatest superhero, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's tough. It's, yeah. Um it's definitely not Batman. Everyone wants to say he's the greatest. I'm like, he's not the great. He's not even, he's just rich and smart, which I guess is like really uh, cool. uh, Okay. So, so you don't want to decide, but you can rule out. I can rule out. Yeah. 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 I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I don't love Iron Man is because he's rich and smart. That's it. And he's funny sometimes, but yeah, he's not, he doesn't have the compelling backstories that, characters like spider-man have right and i think spider-man first of all since there's so many iterations of spider-man you or spider people or things you can find some version of it that you relate to maybe more so than any other superhero so i think i think spider-man is the most relatable Mm -hmm. superhero because i understand what it's like to be super poor as an adult Mm -hmm. and to i mean we've all experienced loss in some way right and Mm -hmm. struggle and and i just i feel like he not to say that other superheroes don't obviously bruce wayne loses his parents as at a very young age and that's Mm -hmm. that is a great loss he also didn't have to like struggle in the same ways that like peter parker has to you know Mm -hmm. like it's just it's it's different and not to say like one is better than the other but like i think that spider-man and is probably the most relatable um because i also use humor as a way of (laughs) deflecting my actual feelings and emotion (laughs) yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i i agree um 
almost like exactly with what you're saying. Because I so my dad, shout out to my dad who listens to all these episodes. Um, I think he was seeing this movie with one or two of my sisters um, tonight, actually. So I'll get his thoughts later. But um, I always he when he was younger even through college like he collected a ton of comic books he was more of a dc guy so um, most of the comic books that um are still at their house pretty sure they're either at my house here in arkansas or and i'm sure my dad or my mom will correct me um when they hear this but um he still has all his comic books basically um it's in a cardboard box um and some of them are like in really good condition and could probably like sell for a lot of money if you ever wanted to um but he loves superheroes too. And we always grew up like when the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies came out, like those are kind of the first like really big ones. Right. Like we did have right. some superhero movies before that. And so we just go see that together. Um, and that was always like a, just a fun, like the first Iron Man, the first, very first MCU movie. I remember we saw that together in theaters. Like I have these mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. fun memories of that. And, uh, he does love Batman, but uh, he also does love the, um, Again, I'm sure Craig will correct me if I'm wrong here, but like does feel more compelled by the stories of the superheroes who, like you said, Olivia, like struggled like normal people do, even though they Mm -hmm. have like abilities that we'll never have. Like they're still very much human and like Mm -hmm. have to pay rent (laughs) and like have to deal with like normal everyday things. And so um, I will say until... I have an, a reverse reaction to the Tobey Maguire movies than you did, Olivia. I like them better as a kid than I do as an adult. Like, mm-hmm. I see a lot of flaws with them as an adult. Sure. That, of course, I didn't see as a kid. Um, and then when and the Andrew Garfield ones came out, I loved Andrew Garfield as Peter, as Spider-Man. But mm-hmm. then those movies had also a ton of flaws. Yeah. Um, and then even in the, when I look past the fan service and the Tom Holland movies, like, there's still like a decent amount of flaws in those. Like those are like, none of those are perfect movies. And then, um, I think when we finally see these spider verse movies, it's like, this is what like, in like they'll come, it's come mostly comic book movies. Now, even the live action, like MCU ones, everybody's kind of calls them comic book movies. But this is like, these are the first, like I would say true, like comic book Mm -hmm. movies because they, they literally are like, they took the comic books and made them like brought them to life. And if you look back on it, I've read a, a lot of Spider-Man comics at this point, much more as an adult than did as a kid. A lot of the older ones too, even before to- that he was on the big screen of Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man was always way cooler in the comic books than he was in the movies. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just, I think it's just, that's the art the, the medium that it's presented in. You can just do a lot more with the, like animating it and, and drawing right. it out. Um, but the stories are more compelling. Peter Parker is more compelling. But of course, there's also way more of it to consume than sure. the movies, like because they can pump them out really fast. But even like the Miles, like I don't think we've seen the coolest Miles Morales story on in on in a movie as there are in some of the comic books. Like one of the comic runs, his parents are both Shield agents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like, and there's one where like a, a villain clones Miles, and like they like he's he has to like fight six versions of himself and then like there's just all kinds of like crazy stuff that's happened with all of that that spider-man is always cool so if you haven't read any of the comics if you're listening and you want more spider-man please read some of the comics like yeah there's some very cool runs one of the fan favorite runs i think it was ultimate spider-man for a long time uh dr octopus is inside peter parker's body and he is (laughs) spider-man 
and it's like one of the best like it's weirdly one of the best spider-man stories in the comics so weird stuff like that that i would encourage everybody to go like check out so that's my spiel on that yeah well, where does uh where does across the spider-verse rank for y'all among the live action spider or the this spider-man theatrical movies for me it's number one across across the spider-verse yeah this, across this ahead a, of into yeah yeah okay. yeah because of and i'm judging it from the feeling that it gave me when i left the theater okay. it was even the feeling was even stronger even though <laughs> i know i'm going again i'm i'm contradicting myself here i th- i still think into the spider-verse is on paper the better movie with the pacing and everything mm-hmm. but the way this movie made me feel from beginning to end mm-hmm. was much stronger than the first one word okay I think based on on that argument, I think it's it then it also is number one for me because I think we had no idea what we were getting into with the first one with Into the Spider-Verse. Right. And I remember walking out of that going because I saw it like like several weeks after it had already been in theater, like Mm. in the theaters and like people had been raving about it. And when I finally saw it, I was like that like what people have been saying doesn't even come close to like how great it actually yeah. is. And yeah. with this, I was like, man, what if it's like, what if it's not as good? And it's, it's so good. It's so much better, better. than you think it will be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, there, I felt the full, full range of emotions. Like I, mm-hmm. I was like, I laughed really hard. I, got so emotional at so many different points of the movie mm-hmm. it's, it's the soundtrack is it, it really just like everything about it we haven't even talked about the soundtrack but the soundtrack is amazing oh man the, um like yeah. i have been listening to the soundtrack on repeat since i've been listening to the the instrumental like <laughs> i listen to instrumental soundtracks really all good. the time yeah. and it's so yeah. good it's really yeah. good um so, yeah so the the soundtrack the score is so great and then again, like this animation, I really like it's art to me. Like it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's high um, art. It's high art. It's like, achievement. So, yeah. So I think I think I mean, after hearing our, Walter talk about it, I really think it's it's the f- number one for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's number three for me. Number three. Well, what's what's ahead of it? <laughs> y'all know that y'all know that I kind of I, I look at movies as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 it's you know like whatever it doesn't matter i think spider-man into the spider-verse is better yep uh, okay. i think it's a neater neater tidier story sure. which i sure. which Agree. i prefer and that speaks to me Agreed. and also like you the three of us watched it whenever we were all together in december and those moments like it's a leap of faith that mm-hmm. kind of like those moments toward the end hit so hard every single time. Yeah. What's up danger scene. Oh, the what's man. up danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in when he gets to the point where he is actually like, this is, this is it. This is who I am. I know yeah. what to do. Um, is so good. And so it doesn't like my opinion ultimately doesn't matter, but yeah. Well, what's Spider number versus number one is Spider-Man two for me. Like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man two. Mm-hmm. Okay interesting yep it speaks it speaks it speaks to me every time those performances the the way it's so small it's very intimate Mm -hmm. the his relationship with aunt may yeah is intimate the regret that he has about 
then is like it's actually acted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y- you know like it, like tom holland's performance is really good but um there's just something so grounded and real in the way that he's he's broke and he's struggling and marriage like nothing is going right for him yeah. in that movie yeah and he gets up he he, he like has his powers taken away like spider-man 2 is like always going to be my favorite yeah um, okay but yeah uh, that's very fair it's not my ranking but it's very fair it makes sense no yeah i would put those three in my top three for sure like the your top three are my top three spider-man movies Mm -hmm. i think i would have yeah it would be across into and then spider-man 2 yeah yeah so but yeah um um (laughs) flyover criteria (laughs) uh are we gonna go into all of that I won't, I won't, I'll t- call out the ones that, uh, where it, we have 33 flower criteria. I don't think you listened to our lady, lady bird episode, Walter. No, um, so I, I don't, we I'm not went, totally sure what's going on here. <laughs> we went through, we have points now. So like we have a, we have like movies, we rank all the movies we cover to see how much of a flyover film they are. Um, the first one is disheveled and realistic homes or interiors. It's, and these are points one to three or zero. And Miles' room is very disheveled and realistic, mm-hmm. so it gets three. But then the rest of them, like, there's a fast food. Uh, don't they eat at a fast food restaurant in this? Or there's, like, That's a the diner? One. It's referenced. Is it the first one? Yeah. But it, it's just, there's, he's, like, in a gas station eating the It's a bodega. Thing, like, yeah, but yeah. whatever, give it a go. See, I'm boring I, conversations I to pass the time. <laughs> That's, like, the best scene in the movie. Um when they're upside down looking uh-huh. at the city oh, man. trash talking co-workers friends neighbor family member miguel o'hara's biggest hair in the world so <laughs> he's, get some, he's get a some points there um arguments shouting matches there's two there's two or three so yeah but then like the other flyover movies like we have a category for corn rice soybean or other major crops fields <laughs> in the movie like you should look through this list walter you'd think it's funny. yeah i need to look at that Sweet parents, get points there. Mm. And then we have some other funny ones. Light beer, addiction, misogyny. Is a church shown on screen? Is scripture quoted? Firearms? Teen pregnancy? Uh, annoying kids. So the total score for Across the Spider-Verse is 21 points. So Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, not bad. Um, cool. Is that? Do we hit everything that we want to talk about? Probably not. We could. Pro- I could talk about this movie for a really long time. I could talk. This could about have been like forever. a four-hour episode. Yeah. Let's um, keep going. <laughs> I have to go soon. Well, actually, no. Say- we get it gets seven points because I looked back and we did Lady Bird differently. So when I do it Lady Bird's <laughs> way, it gets seven points. So it is not a very so not twenty-one, but seven. <laughs> well, I was giving. I was giving. Um, three points instead of like each one was supposed to get one point oh, so okay. anyway because that's what uh, olivia said it either needs to be one or zero points and i was like yeah you're right Isaac had it on like a zero to ten scale and i was like we could make the argument that it could be like a five <laughs> or a six forever like like let's yeah. make it a, a binary it one yeah yep you're right you're right that's fair that's fair um well yeah i so yeah um find out my i'm four and a half stars on this one if in a vacuum it's five stars mm. 
but as a middle movie in a trilogy, it's four and a half. Yep. All right. I respect that. Uh, the first viewing, I gave it a four and a half. Second viewing, I gave it five. Okay. So see, yeah, and mine might change after I see it a second time. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Are we getting? beyond the spider-verse in march of let's, let's make this the last topic because i did want to talk about this so the movie ended like as it did and i didn't know it was gonna be a cliffhanger and then i turned to you isaac and i was like i kind of like threw my hands up i was like what like is that it and then it said like you know it'll he'll miles morales will, will return in um was it beyond the spider-verse and i was like and i said am i going to wait another five years <laughs> to see yeah. what happens after this and then you said no they've already confirmed it's coming out next year so they're pushing that really fast i which led me to believe that they're making it concurrently they did to this one uh yeah which is the same i mean i think uh, uh we talked about parts of the caribbean earlier that's probably how that was made as well since mm-hmm. it came out the year after um but then i saw an interesting and people probably seen this too um, an interesting interview with Haley Steinfeld, who plays uh, Spider Gwen, and she said, "As of this is like earlier this week, I saw this interview. She, she said she has recorded no lines for it yet." Ah, yeah. So my theory is that they had a stand-in actress record temporary lines for Gwen, maybe. And Possibly, she's been busy. She's been very busy, so that could be a possibility. I haven't seen any of the other. Uh, any comments in that regard from um, the other cast members mm-hmm. who will be in it. So we'll take that with a grain of salt, but it's yeah. supposed to come out next year. So don't have to wait too long. Yeah. And they couldn't have not animated. I mean, I think they've probably, I don't know. I don't know how, how that yeah, process if it's looks four like years to do just that one chase scene. Like they better have been working on it. Yeah. <laughs> on on yeah, this other seriously. one too. So, so I, you just don't know how much they've like been, how much stuff was yeah. concurrent like, right. while they were working on it. Yeah. Well, and I was going to uh, say, across. they may not have animated any of her scenes, which means they may not have had needed her to record any lines yet. So, right. Um, yeah. What if she's just not in it? That'd be crazy. <laughs> what if she dies right <laughs> at the beginning? <laughs> oh, man. I feel like they may go there in this next one, and I'm or not someone dies. So. Somebody has to die. I mean, also, we didn't talk about freaking Peter Parker bringing his daughter. Yeah, well, there's so, there's so many things dangerous. we did not hit on. I was going to ask, which one of you is going to be Peter B. Parker and Mayday for Halloween this year? You both do it. Oh, we both could. It would be a good one. So um, I'm just, I'm just I'm, saying I'm on principle against Halloween costumes because I just don't like wearing costumes. But now that I have a baby, I might have to. But you love, love Spider-Man. And, and I love Spider-Man, so... We were all sick for Sophie's first Halloween, so we didn't do any costumes last oh, year. I'm wondering if we could do... If I could be Peter B. Parker and... Um, is it Mayday? Was that her name? Yeah. The baby? And then, cute animated baby. Very cute. And then Morgan maybe could be Spider-Gwen or something. I, I'm just saying, like, you both have babies, so... We do. You could do it. I could do. I yeah. could do the Peter B. Parker from the first one, where I'm wearing gray sweatpants, but then like the Spider-Man suit up top. Yes. Yeah. I think that, that would be good. Yeah. That'd all right. I'll think about it. That, that's actually a good idea. Thank you, Olivia. Yeah. We should all be Spider-Man, and then we can do the pointing meme. <laughs> we'll do it the, on the Zoom. The pointing joke. <laughs> the pointing joke in the in Across the Spider Verse was gold. Yeah. Was really so very, funny. very good. Very well yeah. done. So. All right. Well, like I said, we could talk about. We could spend the next three hours talking about more about this movie, but we got to keep it. We got to keep it short. So, 
This um, is the biggest win for Marvel this year. So congrats, Marvel. I don't think they're going to beat it. <laughs> no, they're not. Nope. <laughs> I don't, it's making tons of money, too. Yeah. Good. Good. I, I want people, I want them, the executives, to know that people like this stuff. Yeah. Yep. Executives, yeah. if you're listening to this. <laughs> I know you're listening. <laughs> I know you're out there. Mm, <laughs> you sure? <laughs> um, our, what's our next episode? Our next episode is Hunt for the Wilder People. Yes. Great. And that then, is a Sims Family Classic. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Um, it is. And then we've been ta- we've undecided on this, but let us know on social media if you want us to also cover Shiny Happy People, which is the Duggar family documentary that just came oh, yeah. out. Have we gotten any hits on that? On Amazon. Um, uh, we finished it last night. Olivia, did you I finish finished it, it last night. Beautiful. I was furious. <laughs> yes, I have a lot of thoughts on it, and I would love for us to do an episode because it is quintessential Arkansas flyover content, Arkansas, yeah, um, nonfiction. So um, I would love to talk about that, um, Isaac. If you haven't watched it, y'all should definitely check it out. Oh, we watched it, and oh, my family was an IBLP, so maybe we should cover it. I was gonna ask. Ooh, I was yeah. gonna ask, but then I, I was like, I don't know, I don't want to ask. All right. So. Let's, I think we should just plan to do an episode. On it. I think we should. I'm glad should we decided we that, that as we were yeah. because we could just I could I could collect some anecdotal stories from my family and yeah. people that I know, and it we wouldn't even oh, need to be, like script it. That'd so. be awesome. Okay. Well, yeah. Great. We do this every, every episode. We just plan our next like <laughs> stuff live, and we can we can all be drinking during it because it's like kind of. I will need a uh, drink. Yeah, might be the only, it's kind be the only of way heavy to get stuff to uh yeah yeah yep. <laughs> yep 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 anyway all right well, anyway okay cool um thank you for listening please remember to rate view subscribe uh please give this pod a five-star review especially on um, Apple Podcasts that helps us out a lot our music is by Corden Jocks our art is by Macy Lummis our next episode is Hunt for the Wilder People and then sometime after that Shiny Happy People we are going to be doing some really great stuff this summer we're going to be covering Oppenheimer Barbie, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and later this year Dune Part 2 mm-hmm. gotta throw that out there because we talked also, about Dune Part 1 woo. shout out to Macy and Jordan our cordon jocks because I got engaged this week. Hey, so congrats, congrats to the unsung heroes. Not the really unsung because we give them a shout out at the end of every episode. But yeah, the the sung heroes. The yes, sung the heroes. <laughs> there you go. Happy for them. That's exciting. That is exciting. We will see you guys across the spider verse. The whip. The whip. The whip.